channel. I am your host, Lee. I am joined with my best friend, my buddy, my pal, the best man at my wedding, Levi Baxter. Levi, how are you today? Doing great. It's a cheery day in North Carolina. The NBA is on and uh, Fallout 76 was released, which is a new video game that I'm very much into. Ooh, sounds like a new podcast opportunity. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe it could just be on Twitch or whatever the kids are doing. Yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> All right, well, there's a lot to talk about. Um, for those that are joining us for the first time, this is a podcast from the Mangum Talks guys, and we just talk hoops. Uh, we talk the NBA. If there's college going on, we'll talk college. Um, we're just a couple of people who really like basketball. Uh, I mean, I've been talking basketball now for upwards of 12, 14 years, something like that. We figured we would uh, start recording it uh, and uh, add it to one of the uh, four podcasts on the Mangum Talks podcast channel. If you haven't checked out our other podcast, we have the GOT Got Questions podcast with myself and Spencer. We have Mangum Reads with BJ Spencer and occasionally me, and maybe one day Levi. And then we have Whiskey on the Weekends, which is my personal favorite. It's a podcast on the weekend where we drink whiskey. And we have a, you know any number of the, uh, the Mangum Talks guys on and we talk about a number of things um, from the last episode, episode two. Um, we argued about what the worst fruit was. So, uh, yeah, really fascinating stuff. But, no, we, we do have a good good time with that podcast. It's a lot of fun. So check those out if you haven't. Um, but for now, we're going to jump into a little NBA talk. Levi, I heard there was a trade. There was, there was. Uh, General Malcontent Jimmy Butler got traded to the 76ers. <laughs> it's funny how, like, his reputation has just taken a beating through this, right? Uh, yeah, but I think most people forget how crazy of a person he is. Um, I don't know if you recall this, but back in like, back in the Derrick Rose days of, of Chicago, there was a news story out about how, uh, he, he got his rearview mirrors taken out of his vehicles because he didn't want to look behind him. Like that is, well, I mean, I mean, well, okay, let me, let me do this with you, Levi. If you just insert, so you take away Jimmy Butler from what you just said, and you insert Kanye West, would you be supportive of that? Uh, no, I would say it's a crazy thing to do, but it, it, it's hilarious for, for everyone. But it is very much a Kanye West, Mike Tyson, a sort of crazy celebrity story, right? You hear that and go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Jimmy Bucket does seem to be a bit crazy. Uh, all right, so backing up for those that have been under a rock or don't pay attention to the NBA but are listening to this because we're just that charismatic – the uh, 76ers traded to get Jimmy Buckets Butler from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the trade went down like this. The Timberwolves gave up Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton, and the Sixers gave up Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a 2022 second-round draft pick. I believe I got that right. Levi, let's do the typical hot take. Who won? Who lost this trade? Uh, I mean, Minnesota had to win, right? Um, to me, they got rid of a player who, uh, for those who don't know, Jimmy Butler wanted to be traded apparently at the end of last year. Um, let the head coach uh, know, head coach is also, is he president or GM as well? Um, he has some sort of convoluted bougie title. A lot of control um, in, in Minnesota, but he, he said he wanted to be traded. Uh, the coach didn't necessarily believe him, sort of sat on it seemingly. Uh, and then Jimmy Butler decided to, to make his grievances known by coming up to practice uninvited, taking on a group of third-string players to go against the first-stringers, and proceeded to kick the first-stringers' ass with the, the third-string players, all while yelling and dressing down their young star players. Uh, and All-time alpha move. He's always going to have a place in my heart for that. I mean, I appreciate it from a drama standpoint, but it's not a good idea to be yelling at you know, a young player, this is why you need me, stop being a bitch. Um, like it's yeah. an insane thing to do. Um, no, so I mean, I, I mean, the Timberwolves to me have to have won the trade because they got rid of dead weight uh, that was just plaguing them and got some some usable pieces. What's your take? Yeah, I'm a big Sarich fan, and I don't think that uh, the 76ers were using him right. I don't know if you've checked the tape on him when he was playing over in Europe, 
But he was playing on a team where he played a little bit more like a point forward. Mm-hmm. And he actually he can distribute. Like, he's a playmaker. He can handle the ball. He can distribute. He can be, like, the focal point of your offense, or at least he can lead your offense. And they definitely weren't using him that way in Philadelphia. And you know why? Because they have Ben Simmons. Um, and he even fit into that role, right? Like, he was able to switch and say, okay, well, I'm just going to be like a, you know, kind of 3 and D guy. I thought he was very good. I like him a lot. Robert Covington, you know, obviously is a is – a t- I don't think he has the ceiling that does. I'm a little surprised that they got a second-round draft pick back here. Um, I would have thought they could have pushed for a first. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably could have gotten a first when this whole, you know, nonsense started, but Jimmy Butler just tanked his trade value by just <laughs> you know, being a jerk. Yeah, I mean, I think he did, although, I mean, there were the rumors out there, right, of um, four first-rounders from, from Houston. I don't know if that was actually legit or whether that was just, you know, sort of rumor-mongering. My understanding is that Maury offered that for 10 minutes and then <laughs> pulled it back. Um, yeah, I don't know if they got necessarily the best trade they could, but given how terribly they've been handling the whole situation, that he's off the roster it's got to be a win for Minnesota. Well, when it first happened, if we'd have done this pod, I would have told you that, you know, the T-Wolves got fleeced, that they didn't get enough for him, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know if you looked at the first game uh, that they played. I, I can't remember who they played against. But that the first game they, the game they played without Jimmy on the team, and Towns went off for like 24 points and 21 rebounds, and like Wiggins had 25, and they won. And it's like this is a t- very typical addition by subtraction situation. Like he was clearly in the heads of these younger players. Uh, they didn't want to be around him. It was hard for them to come to work when he was there. And as soon as he was gone, Cat was back. That's the Carl Anthony Towns we're used to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a win. I mean, it. It is a situation where you're trading a dollar for for, for uh, you know two fifty cent pieces basically, um, but you, you have to make the move. I mean, you should have made it a month and a half, two months ago. Uh, but see that that's the the real criticism I have here is that this they should have traded him oh two to three days or maybe at the most a week after he demanded a trade because. Every week, and I guess they couldn't have seen this coming. I don't know. I mean, maybe he is the guy who took his rearview mirrors out of his car, as you just pointed out. So maybe they could have seen this coming. But he, every week this went on, he tanked his trade value because he just more and more looked like a terrible teammate and a potential like a bad locker room guy. Yeah, I mean, especially the first couple of weeks of the season, um, especially with Houston, right? I mean, Houston's having some problems right now. They're struggling. They sort of lost their 3 and D sort of role players. Um, Carmelo's not working out, by the way. Uh, hot off the presses that, uh, that Carmelo Anthony's tenure in, in Houston is over. Um, Whoa, is that breaking news? Uh, Woj reported it uh, an hour ago. Okay, it's gospel. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of teams who, especially the first you know, couple of weeks, first, you know, first 10 games of the season um, could use his services. So anyway, I think it, it, it will be interesting for Philadelphia. They, they do need another star player. Um, they need Jimmy Butler to be good. If he's good, Philadelphia suddenly gets amazing. And sort of now we have Quad Leonard and Jimmy Butler battles headed for the playoffs. It's going to be fantastic. If he actually turns, whoa, turns whoa. around and integrates himself. Whoa, you were elevating Jimmy Buckets there. Um, I don't think that's much of a battle. Uh, I've watched Kawhi uh, this season. He's not 100% back. He's 90% back, but he would he would route Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's playing really well. We'll get to the Raptors here in a minute. I do want to point out uh, my hot take for this whole situation, my prediction. Write it down, Levi. I don't think this is going to go very well in Philadelphia. Part of the reason being that Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns are like best friends. I don't know if you know that. I did know that. Um, wasn't wasn't it Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns that were like making jokes about the, the Hawks while they were playing video games last season? Yeah, they were playing video games, and it was uh, Carl Anthony Towns was like, "I gotta go. I got a game tomorrow." 
And Ben Simmons was like, well, who are you playing? And he said, the Hawks. And Ben Simmons was like, no, you're good. You can keep going. <laughs> but they're really good friends. And I uh, looked at or I, I watched uh, Ben Simmons' first public comments after the trade happened, and he was super lukewarm about Jimmy Butler. Like, it was very clear. He was like, well, I don't know. It wasn't a good situation back in Minnesota, but I guess we're happy to have him. I mean, independent of, of the friendship there, right? I mean, just from a play style perspective, Jimmy likes the ball. And Ben Simmons needs the ball as much as humanly possible. He needs to grow and develop, uh, get reps, get caught in situations, get out of situations. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I, I'm i intrigued to see how it works out. If it works out well, great, but I'm with you. I don't think it's necessarily going to go well. And to be blunt, I mean, we've had a string of these sort of moves, these these rental moves that seem to be working out, like quad seems to be working out. Uh, Paul George you know, worked out for as best he could for OKC. I think we're yeah. due for a uh, a sort of trade that just doesn't go anywhere. A sort of Dwight Howard, uh, Steve Nash, and the Lakers. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I I would say that I wouldn't even frame this idea of who gets the ball the most between Ben Simmons and Jimmy Buckets with Ben needs development opportunities. I think he's better with the ball in his hand than Jimmy Butler is. I don't think he's his, he's a better player, but I think he is really effective with the ball in his hands. And the smartest thing that team can do is continue to have Ben Simmons lead that offense uh, and be the primary ball handler, but Jimmy's going to have to fall in line. But I do think that if he gets frustrated, he'll do the Jimmy Butler thing. He'll lash out and, you know, Ben Simmons is the same old as Carl Anthony. Towns. I don't think that's going to work. I mean, these guys don't. It's different now. Like, I'm not old man screaming at the sky on the lawn, right? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not that old, and I'm not trying to be critical of these guys. But they seem to, the majority of the younger players seem to be motivated not by being screamed at or being chastised. And Kobe dealt with that his last couple of years in the league. He was ineffective as a leader, I think, on the Lakers. And I think that the, the, the way that Jimmy Butler is conducting himself uh, in Minnesota, and how I think he will conduct himself in Philadelphia is not particularly helpful. It could go that way. I mean, I will say that I, I think that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are different types of players in terms of their sort of psychological profile than Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Both Cat and, and, and Wiggins, they've been star players. They, they expected things. Came into the league, they expect things to go a certain, certain sort of way. Um, Joel Embiid started playing basketball, what, 10 years ago? Uh, ben Simmons. Oh, not, yeah, maybe not even that. Um, ben Simmons is a kid from Australia, sort of in the hinterland, went to LSU. Um, got some hype, but you know, wasn't hyped up. I think it could play out pretty well because those players are sort of internally motivated. They have some drive, whereas uh, Wiggins and, and Kat seem to, to need coddling. Um, well, I don't necessarily like Wiggins at all, so let's put him beside this. Let's say Kat. Um, uh, Kat seems to need coddling, which, you know, here or there is not a judgment call. Um, you know, the job of an organization is to get the best out of out of the talent pool they have. So, uh, but I do think that those players are a bit more, they have a bit more internal drive and respond well to sort of challenges. Um, just hopefully uh, Jim Butler can, can put it into a positive orientation, right? Not you're a bitch, like, big man, we need you to step up here. Play like that every play. That sort of stuff. Well, yeah. So two two points here I want to make. One is just real quick. Andrew Wiggins, Chucker, your thoughts? Uh, Andrew Wiggins is not worth talking about. <laughs> He's just he, he throws up the ball. Wow. He doesn't play defense. Um, like he he could be something, but he's he's shown he has not shown flashes of a player that has a role in the modern NBA. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Put the uh, Andrew Wiggins, you're done. Sit down, kid. Um, the next thing I wanted to point out is when I was went on this whole diatribe about the kids these days, they, they I was not talking about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is he is completely different than what I was just talking about. Like he probably is going to gel with with Jimmy Buckets pretty well because he he's of that sort of like old school mold. Like he talks shit. He he doesn't stop talking shit. Um, he's rude to everyone who's not on his team. I mean, I, I've talked about this before, uh, I think on this podcast, but Jimmy, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, Joel Embiid literally will tell you that he's the best at everything he does. Like unapologetically, not, not ironically. He's like, yeah, well, if I play Tic Tac, I'm the best at Tic Tac. Like he, that's what he fucking thinks. Like he's amazing 
uh, from an entertainment perspective, but I do not think that you're Joe, uh, somebody like Jimmy Buckets is going to be able to shake his confidence. 100% agree, although he did get played like a little bitch by Al Horford. Um, so uh, we'll see. He needs some toughening up a little bit more because he, he does have this sort of braggadocio, but once he gets hit in the face, he's sort of like a sort of early 90s Mike Tyson. Like once he actually gets hit, he needs to learn how to how to bounce back. Agreed, and he's also out of shape. Um, yeah, that's you know, and everybody talks about that. And the players talk about that, and they gas him in the fourth quarter because he's talk shit, and and that's a weakness of his. And look, man, I, I you know, I, when that thing happened with Al Horford, everybody was freaking out, and I was like, well, wait a second, Al Horford is still better than Joel Embiid. I'm like, I think he is. I mean, he doesn't put up the gaudy stats because he doesn't need to on that team, but. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, Al Horford's skill set right now, I take over Joel Embiid. Now, he certainly doesn't have his highest ceiling, but I'm not surprised that Al Horford was able to sun him. Agreed, although I would say that I don't think Al Horford could put up those gaudy stats. Um, that's not the player that that he is. Um, he just can't do that. That doesn't mean he's not a winning player. He can't play a role in a winning team, um, but he's not going to be Joel Embiid. But he can absolutely, absolutely sun him in a, you know, short playoff series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything more? No, I think we covered most of it. Um, I mean, we'll see see how it plays out. It If it does work out, we will sort of have a trend here of, of these sort of disgruntled players being traded and, and things working out, whereas, you know, historically that was a, was a major concern. Um, what about you? No, I think it was it was a fine trade, um, and I think for Jimmy Butler, you know, he's going to have to he's going to have to either be a head case or not, right? And this is his chance to kind of get everything back between the lines, get the cart back on the rails. Um, and if he doesn't, if he if he's still problematic, I think his career is going to tank pretty quickly. Yeah, especially given that he's been run to the ground by tips all his career. Um, yeah, he will not age gracefully. Okay, moving on from the Butler trade. We've got a couple check-ins we need to do. Levi, I want to check in on your Mavericks. You give me your your immediate check-in, but I do have a couple questions for you. I've watched a couple Mavericks games. Uh, first question for you, though. Did you see the box score from last night? No. Dallas Mavericks. Versus oh, no, they won by 50 points, right? Jazz again. Yeah. Points. <laughs> oh God. Um, I fell asleep early, but I I saw it pop up in the morning, um, and I was confused. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. Is is Donovan Mitchell okay? Um, what happened? Because 50 points in the modern NBA uh, by a team, I love the Mavs, but a team like the Mavs uh, is insanity. Yeah. <laughs> the Utah really doesn't look good this year. I don't know what happened with them. Um, but they really seem to be struggling. I don't know if it's like the, you know, the sort of sophomore slump for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's a shorter guy. Uh, I think I think teams have adjusted by putting longer people on him. He's getting a lot of uh, small forwards and power forwards guarding him, uh, which limits, I think, some of the things he can do. I think what he shot like three for 14 or something last night, he was, it was terrible. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I do want to talk about the – Many articles I've seen of insiders in the Dallas Mavericks organization saying that some of the veterans don't like Luca. They're freezing him out, Levi. What say you? I've heard that. I've heard that as well. Um, and I am utterly, utterly confused. Um, one, I think the veterans is going to be DeAndre Jordan. Um, and I don't care about his opinion personally. But I am utterly confused because – he's exactly what you want out of a rookie contributor, right? Um, he's a guy who has confidence, poise, makes other other players better. Um, I just am very confused. I'd, I'd love to sort of get, get the, the reporter's notes and see who are the players that have, have problems with Luka. I, I'm confused too. And I, I also that a lot of this is coming from DeAndre Jordan, but shouldn't Jordan like him? I mean, Luka – is a good scorer, but he might even be a better distributor. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should like him. 
Um, I think there is, and, and there have been a couple of, you know, uh, sort of recaps of these things that have been, been played on the internet, but um, there is a contention between Lucas Pinchin from wanting to get rebounds, because he's, he's a very tall guard, right? He's a very tall point guard. Um, well, he's really, he's really more of a wing, right? He really is. I mean, but he's, he's nominally plays the point guard, but he's really, you know, a, a small forward point um, sort of, sort of player. Um, I mean, he's what, six, eight, six, nine? Um, six, eight, yeah. Yeah. But um, there have been, been numerous times where DeAndre Jordan has gone up for a rebound and butted heads with, with Luca going up for a rebound, which um, DeAndre needs to hold that stuff back. I mean, it, it, it really, it, it's more important that Luca gets, gets the rebound and immediately sets the offense. Agreed. Start, starts pushing the ball. Then DeAndre gets, you know, another double-double. Um, he's at this weird point in his career that he, he probably still is chasing that. But honestly, he needs to just revamp his game. Like he doesn't need to need to mop up boards anymore. He needs to run down the court because Luke will find him. Yeah, I mean that that's my thought as you were talking. It's like, well, the easy answer here is DeAndre. If you see that Luke is about to get a board, sprint because he if he gets the board, he's going to take off. He might hit you for a lob. You get a quick, easy two points. I mean that's exactly the play, right? And, and that's exactly what to your, to your earlier point. Uh, Luca is exactly the player that DeAndre wants to play with. He wants to play with a pass-first point guard who had, who, who's creative, um, who can draw attention and sort of dish out of there. Uh, especially still for- spaces the floor and stops the double team. Yep. Um, so I'm utterly uh, utterly confused. I, I, I can't imagine – I just can't imagine who it would be outside of DeAndre Jordan. Maybe Wes Matthews, but who really cares about Wes Matthews? Yeah, I, West Matthews. Ugh, he's that's a guy who had an injury and never came back. Um, but I don't know, man. I like this Mavi team. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. I just don't like the the idea that they would be freezing out. Um, maybe their best player. And I'm looking at it now. I mean, in terms of experience, uh, players who've been in the league at least five years. We have Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, JJ Barea, Devin Harris, and Dirk. Uh, Dirk wouldn't say he's a saint. Um, well, Dirk isn't playing, right? He's not playing, but I don't think he, he – even if he was, he wouldn't say anything. That's just not – And J.J. Barea loves him. Yep. Um, and so we have DeAndre Jordan and Harrison Barnes um, and, and, and Wes Matthews, really. And, and J.J. Barea shouldn't care. He he knows he's a he's a backup. He's He gets it. No, but he he really likes Luca. Like he, he, he grabs a microphone whenever he has a chance and talks about how much he likes him. Uh, it would be out of character, I think, for Harrison Barnes. No, I think this is this is solely on DeAndre here. I think it's DeAndre and Wes, Wes Matthews. I think the, I think Wes Matthews really likes um, Dennis Smith Jr., which Dennis Smith Jr. is in a awkward position with Luca, right? Chucker, uh, chucker. He is a chucker, but, I mean, he was drafted as the sort of point guard of the future for the Mavs, and the Mavs drafted another point guard. So he, he is in an awkward position, so I think that might be going on. Uh, you keep calling Luca a point guard. I don't. I don't think he's a point guard. He's a point forward. Point forward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so Dennis Smith, I think this actually could work for him because he's a shoot first point guard. So let Luca bring the ball up the court, and Dennis Smith Jr. score your twenty two to twenty five a game. I would entirely agree. Uh, I, I just don't have a sense inside of uh, Dennis Smith's head to to know whether he's okay with that, whether he sees himself as a traditional point guard has the ball all, all the time, or whether he's, he's just going to be a shoot-first guard, uh, really a shooting guard who's undersized. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I love Luke, man. I think he's really good. I saw – I don't know if you looked at the highlights from last night's game uh, when Dallas was playing Utah at home, but Luca got a rebound, and Rudy Gobert was – he was right under the basket, right? And Rudy Gobert was there and was going to block him. And Luca faked the sort of end-around pass, you know, where you just mm-hmm. kind of throw it over the guy's hip. Mm-hmm. Matthews completely juked Rudy Gobert. Gobert did a, like a 180 and turned completely around. And then Luca did a layup that I could do. Like it was like he didn't <laughs> jump nothing, flat-footed. He just tossed it up. And the Maverick bench went bananas because it's just completely – and Rudy Gobert is a great defensive player. He has made him look silly. He did, and and that is not unlike plays that that Luca makes on the regular. I mean, with Chris Paul getting older um, and Kyrie Irving sort of splitting minutes, I mean, we don't 
Steph Curry doing his his thing. Um, we don't have a ton of creative, like just creative passers. Um, I mean, we have we have good passers, right? I mean, young. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but I mean, of the of the sort of established NBA players, um, I mean, LeBron is an amazing passer, but he's not a creative passer in that way. He uses his physical dominance and his ability to draw attention to open up space and, and pass out of that. But it's not the sort of and one mixed style passes. Yeah, Luca is he is fun, man. I think he's going to be really, really good. I just hope that the Mavericks uh, don't fuck that situation. Yeah, I hope the other, you, the other players sort of appreciate how how, how good he is. Um, they could be grumpy about playing time and and minutes and being able to get the ball, but he's he's something else. Um, if he wasn't on the Mavs, I would love him as a player. Uh, yeah. It's you make fun of me, um, but it's it's not unlike my love for Ricky Rubio. Of, oh my I gosh! This I just again. love those sort of creative passing uh, point point style players, uh, whether point forward or point guard. Yeah, I mean Rubio is he's playing well in Utah. Um, he's kind of reinvented himself a little bit. Yep. Um, but I mean I think Luca's on obviously on another level just because of his physicality and his ability to score. Uh, Rubio has never been a good shooter, uh, and Luca's got a stroke. He's got a hell of a stroke. Pause. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's move on. We did a check in with the Mavs. Let's do a check in with the Rockets. Ugh, I'm gonna have to Ugh, indeed. I'm gonna have to let you, you, you say some things because I don't have much in the way of thoughts other than it's just depressing. Okay, I'll tell you my thought. Um, I think that, and this is not a hot take at all. Everybody's saying this, but it, they're saying it because it's true. The the Rockets prioritized offense with their off-season moves and they got rid of a few of the wings that were really helpful for them uh defensively um and you know they've and and they were always a weakness of the team is that we're always a stand around and watch james harden but it's gotten so bad and so predictable and they get so many points on the other side plus this carmelo thing which i mean they they signed him for 2.4 million i understand why you take the risk but, I mean, when he's, he's going out there shooting 12, 14 shots and, and having four or five points. I mean, he, he compl- I mean, that type of performance will destroy your team. That, that's, that creates a loss because he's taken potentially 10 to 12 points off the table by breaking up shots. And when you hear Carmelo talk, it's clear that he still thinks he might be the top, like, 20 players in the league. He, he has not come to – uh, he's not realistic at all about what he's capable of anymore. And so when they put him out there, even if it's in the second unit, he's ball dominant. He's he's trying to do the same stuff he's always done. It's terrible. That aside, right? Carmelo's gone. They they figured that out. They've pushed him out. Some other available team is going to pick him up and 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 eat losses because of it. The team they're left with, I still don't feel good about. Chris Paul is not the same guy. Um, I think. My thought on Chris Paul is that he, every time he takes off to the basket, it looks like he's going to tweak a hammy again. Like he's got a little bit of like injury fatigue, I think, where he's like, damn it, like I, every time I really put out, you know, phys- physically, uh, I have an injury. Again, with James Harden, I think uh, he is also. I mean, I like to point this out about James Harden. I think he has really good off seasons. <laughs> like I think he has Shaq level off seasons because he comes back a little slow, a little big. Uh, I don't think he's right now completely in shape. He's not the James Harden he was last year when he was the MVP of the league. Uh, and I think you have Clint Capella, uh, who's a guy who needs Chris Paul and James Harden to play well for him to play well because he's not offensively skilled. He's very good at the drop offs, at the lobs, at the, the you know the the makeup dunks, the, the the picking up the trash situation. So, man, I, I got to tell you, I don't – looking at this Rockets team, I don't think it's going to be like they turn on a dime and all of a sudden they're the second-best team in the league again. Like, I think there's a chance they're going to be like a six-seed, five- or six-seed. I entirely agree. Um, we – our first podcast that we recorded uh, had recording difficulties. The audio wasn't really captured. But I think we were both in agreement of – Richard and Trevor Reeves are were very important for the Rockets. Um, they played a role that is hard to fill. 
Um, and and we were both sort of under the sort of general current that they're just going to be the one, two, maybe three seed. Well, probably not three seed, um, but you know, top couple of seeds because that those are important players when you have a lot of chuckers, a lot of isolation offense players mm-hmm. that are entirely okay with that. That that's a that's a strange personality. The exact players that they need right now in terms of acquisitions were the players they lost. Yeah, agreed. And then they bring in somebody like Melo, who uh, you know he's he's as good as I am defensively, uh, <laughs> and he's he's just you know think about Melo. I got a theory here. I'm gonna drop on you. Um, and obviously we're we're all in the sports media. Everybody talking about sports is talking about Carmelo more than we should, considering he probably shouldn't be able to shouldn't be in the league anymore. But it's he spent a career shooting off the dribble, and how I just when I watch him, I don't think he's comfortable in a in a catch and shoot situation, and that really is where he would be most valuable right now. But I see him when he gets the you know he 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 runs the play, he sets up behind the three point line, they give him the ball, he'll take a dribble or two to try to get himself some rhythm before he shoots, and then he's just shooting with a hand in his face because he's wasting time. One hundred percent agree, and. Uh... While we're discussing this, um, you and I both love RNBA on on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, top two comments on on the Woj tweet are D'Antoni got his revenge, and in line with your other podcast, Jeremy Lin sends his regards. <laughs> oh, yes, I appreciate that. Good work, good work, RNBA. Yeah, I mean, like everybody talks about it, but RNBA, NBA Twitter. NBA internet community, top rate. Makes my life so much happier. I do love the creativity. I mean, it's it's amazing how many very funny, very sarcastic, but but, but sort of scathing to the point folks there are who love the NBA. It's my sort of people. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, so I I'm not – I don't think this is a blip for the Rockets. I think this is who the Rockets are. Uh, I don't think they contend for a championship at all this year. What do you think? Uh, pretty much the same thing. Unless James Harden like really just decides to put the team on his back and just really dig in, which, to your point earlier, he enjoys himself in the offseason. Uh, yeah, he has a good offseason. I think uh, potential trade targets of James Harden really need to consider whether or not there's a sufficient amount of nightlife in the city uh, to, to contain James Harden because he can't go to Milwaukee. No, no, he can't. No, or maybe he should. Maybe that's the answer, right? You well, I, I don't. I think that's just who he is. Um, I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah, because he would just show up in my. He'd just be in Miami, and then he'd just fly in for the games. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where we think about the Rockets. Um, switching to another team that's also not meeting expectations, the Boston Celtics seem to be struggling here, Levi. I think they're seven and six right now. Uh, eight and six, but yeah. Eight and six they are. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, they brought back the team that went to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals to a game seven last year, and they added uh, Kyrie and um, Gordon Hayward to the team that played in that series. And not looking good. Not looking good. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people talked about this. I mean, Gordon Hayward doesn't look the same. I don't fault him for that. If my leg or my foot you know, did what his foot did. That'd be a little hard for me to, to trust the jump as well. I understand that, but I just don't know what they're going to do as an organization with him, um, considering they paid him a barrel of money, and he has higher ceilings than some of these guys who would be playing behind him, like Marcus Spart, Dylan uh, Brown, Terry Rogier. They obviously want to get him going, but he really doesn't look good right now. He's not at all. Um, and because I was just curious about this, I wanted to sort of I pulled up their minutes per game by the roster, um, and and I mean Gordon Hayward is outlier, right? Um, he's the one who he is not contributing with his almost 26 minutes a game. Uh, he's to your point, he seems hesitant, um, and he hasn't. The way that their offense was flowing last year, he just he's not fitting in. He's not finding his place, which. It's rough uh, organizationally, right? To your point, he paid a buttload of money to him. Um, He's probably better than Jalen Brown's ceiling. Um, 
but it is it is rough watching them. They're a bunch of discombobulated parts. Uh, yeah, and I can't help but draw the parallel to Wesley Matthews, right? Guy who got hurt, and then he became an under-the-rim player. He was never the same, and, and that's what Gordon Hayward is doing right now. I've not seen him take off and do one big jump any game I've watched him play. In fact, some some games that I've watched of his, and I, I, I've watched probably three, three and a half quarters of Boston basketball, um, there are times where he, take, he, he sort of makes an initial move, and then he, he, he clearly thinks about it and second-guesses himself and sort of dials it back. Um, that hesitation is, is just killer for an explosive player. I've seen him pull out, too. Yep, he, he'll take a step, he'll get a step on somebody, and then he'll pull out and kick it back to Kyrie. Kyrie also not looking that great right now. I don't not know what's going on with him. He's thinking about uh, New York next year. <laughs> him and KD going to New York, save the Knicks? That's what the Internet says. Uh, James Dolan will have his say about that. <laughs> you wait till he meets with them and he starts talking about um, insert offensive things here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Boston is struggling, um, and Toronto's looking – they have these right now, right? They look great. That's that's all my teams that you're reading off my notes. That was my next team to talk about. I am loving the Raptors. Uh, and and by the way, Kawhi, you've won me back. We're good again. I forgive you, Kawhi. You're allowed back in the house. Come lay down in the bed. Me and you are back together. Um, I mean, the Raptors and the Bucks this year, they are uh, they're just lovable teams, right? Uh, they've got a lot of players who who play – they all play pretty deep, um, Toronto being probably one of the deeper teams in the league. They um, are, yeah. Which is crazy in comparison to, like, Boston, right? I mean, Boston has been lauded for their, their depth of talent. Um, the problem with Boston – sorry, not to cut you off, but the problem with Boston is they've got a lot of guys who think they should be getting 30 minutes a game, and that's the problem. The Raptors have guys who understand that they play 15 minutes a game. They know that's their role. They've accepted it, and they're very good at it. Agreed. I mean, all the sort of bench squad players, the and, and it, we can debate who's bench, who starts, whether starting matters. Um, but like Pascal Siakam, Ojean and Obi, Fred VanVleet. I mean, they, that whole crew of young players, yep. they're all hyped to get in the game, whether mm-hmm. it's starting, whether it's playing backups, whether they get you know 50 minutes at a night or 30 minutes at a night. Uh, they're just hyped to be there. Yeah, they are, and they. I mean, you can see the defensive intensity. Um, but I, again, like I, you know, when we did this, the ill-fated first episode of Mango Talk Hoops that did not get recorded, that the world will never uh, get to hear, um, which is a real tragedy. I, I'm pretty sure I was blasting Kawhi during that um, for how he handled the whole situation with San Antonio. But I'm back. I'm back. Me and Kawhi, we're back. He might be the MVP, Levi. Uh, he's not not the MVP. Uh, he's definitely a conversation. Um, I mean, Giannis might might be um, right now if you had to put a gun in my head, uh, but he's he, I mean, he's up there. He'd be top three, right? It's, it's him, Giannis, and AD, right? Uh, right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree, man. I, I just think he's uh, he's playing really well. I, I like the Raptors, and man, you know, just like I'm a little bit more of a softy about this stuff than you are. But that fucking the Raptors fans deserve to get to the finals to potentially win. I mean, LeBron smacking them down in the playoffs every year after they have really good regular seasons is just not. I've just felt bad for that fan base. They're a great fan base. They turn out for that team. <clears throat> let's see them. Let's see them make a run. One hundred percent cosign. Uh, they they are a fun team to be good. Their fans are insane. Uh, we know. Uh, the passion they have up there is is, is fantastic, uh, and to be blunt, they've had a pretty pretty shitty series of luck, um, getting just dominated by by LeBron for all those years. I felt so bad for him last year because they had a really good team. You know, we talk about the depth. I mean, they were the number one seed in the East, and <laughs> what they lose four zero? Like, oh god. I mean, it wasn't even a question <clears throat> that, that that they were getting just dominated, and and. They've gotten a revitalized energy from Kawhi, at least so far. Um, I mean, the same could could have been said, what, 
this far in the season last year, even coming up to the playoffs. But hopefully they, they turn it out and actually are competitive. I think they will be. I, I do. I think they're the team to beat right now in the East. I know it's early. I know Boston's still hanging around. I mean, Philly, they're going to have to figure this thing out with Jimmy Butler. Uh, Milwaukee, very good. Um, they might be in the conversation uh, later because they do have a lot of talent. But, yeah, love this Raptors team. We the North. I love the crossover with Game of Thrones always. I'm going to enjoy that. So I'm rooting for the Raps. And who's the next team to uh, touch it on? Is it going to be the Lakers? You, man, you hacked me, Levi. You, you hacked me. Um, you've got my, you obviously have my notes because, yes, the Lakers are the next one, and they're the last one I've got on my list. Uh, after that, I'll open it up to you, and we'll do some just sort of general thoughts about the season. And then I want to finish up the pod, moving off of NBA, and talk about NCAA basketball, specifically Duke basketball and Zion Williamson. So let's go into the Lakers right now. Levi, I do not understand this team. I can't figure out if they're good. Uh, the short answer is they're not. Woo. But Tyson Chandler, though, um, as, a, as a former Mavs, he's revitalized the team. He has. They really needed that. that that's a role they needed. And they were trying to make JaVale McGee that, that piece. And, and, and I like JaVale McGee. But uh, he's not that piece, uh, and, and, and Tyson Chandler is exactly what they needed. Yeah, it's amazing that they they were able to, to sort of, for very little in terms of a trade um, or in terms of any assets, because um, Tyson Chandler was released, right? Yeah, he was. Um, getting that sort of player midseason is incredible, and he's absolutely the player you need. He's got energy, um, a, a sort of positive hype-up energy. He's playing the role that Jimmy Butler should play, right? Um, if Jimmy Butler can play that role in, in Philadelphia, they'll be a great team. So Tyson Chandler was released. Do you know what team he was released from? The Philadelphia, or not the Philadelphia, the Phoenix Suns. Do you know who works in the front office for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, at the current time, I do not know uh, because they fired their GM, but I know there is some sort of connection there to LeBron, right? James Jones. James Jones, who LeBron got many player contracts uh, when he should have not gotten player contracts. Word on the street is that James Jones is doing a little bit of a favor, giving LeBron a guy. So we're saying that, that GM LeBron is back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yeah, what do you think, Magic Johnson had anything to do with that? <laughs> Give me I, a break. I like I, Magic, but no. I would hope so. Um, if if that is true, that deserves a sort of uh, uh, who was the player on on the the Timberwolves? Uh, Joe John, or Joe Smith? It deserves Joe Joe Smith level re- repercussions. I mean, sort of doing a favor for another team is insanity. Yeah, for no benefit. No, Not even that, like, what. For two seconds, they roll over and then and sort of go away. Well, the thing that I think that that had everybody on the scent is the timing. Like, why do it now? Like, you you're not picking anybody else up. Like, you 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 hold on to him. You see if he can uh, work his way into the rotation. I mean, he's he should be a great mentor for DeAndre Ayton. Why drop him now? I, I don't understand it. I think I actually buy onto the conspiracy that James Jones was uh, throwing LeBron a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a softball there. From the timing, nothing good can be implied, right? I mean, there's there's no logical reason for it, for it, for it to happen this early in the season. Uh, so conspiracy theory, I think I, I think you have two votes there. Yeah, I'm googling right now to make sure I have this right. And while it's happening, I mean, he currently serves as an interim general manager for the Phoenix Suns. I do have it right. Woo! Shout out me. So LA winners of four straight, um, looking good, putting up good offense, okay defense, acceptable defense. They haven't really beat anybody good. Although, I think their defense is terrible. Although Lonzo has looked really good defensively this year. Agreed. Which you've always been a big fan of Lonzo's defense. I like Lonzo. I really do. I, I hate his dad and his family and the whole thing. I hate the strong word, but I, I don't enjoy them. 
but I, I, I like his game. I like, I mean, I like watching him play. I mean, he's a sneaky good defender, and he's one of these point guards um, that gets the ball and wants to push it hard. And as you know, as a UNC fan, that's the Roy Williams system, right? Like you, you push. You get the ball up the court as fast as you can. You don't necessarily wait until you dribble it up. You, the fastest way to get the ball up the court is to pass it up the court. 100%. It fits in the, into the modern NBA. Now, here's a hot take I have about the Lakers. Have you watched most Lakers? Zero. Okay. I need you to watch like at least one of their games and, and try to pick one where it's like against a like – not that great to mediocre team because my hot take here is that LeBron is starting to lose a step. He gets up for the big games. If you watch him play Gold State, Houston, whatever, he'll be good. But he's had some games against, you know, kind of mediocre opponents where he looks flat-footed. I mean, everybody's talking about the free throws, right? He's not making free throws. He's, he's admitted he's struggling with free throws. But I've seen him settle for some really long jumpers uh, and had some stat lines that don't look very LeBronish, you know, 21, 24 points, six assists, five rebounds, right? That's still a good stat line, obviously, but that's, to me, is LeBron starting to lose a step? Uh, I think that's not debatable. Um, I've, I, I've not watched the games, but I, I don't have any reason to believe that he can keep up his normal intensity every night for mediocre teams in the regular season. He didn't last year. Um, he put up better better lines, but I think he just he can't. He's ready for the playoffs. Like, that's that's what he's he's made for at this point in his career. Um, by the way, the sort of hubbub about his, his free throw shooting, I get it, but LeBron has never been a great free throw shooter. No, I uh, you've never been a great shooter. Yeah, completely agree. He's always been bad. Not bad, but like in the 70s, right? Yeah, he's uh, – let me pull it up here, his, his sort of overall uh, percentage. But it, he's never been a strong sh- – he has made more shots than you would think given his, his percentages. Let's put it that way. Um, for his career, he averages 74%. Um, and of recent vintage, he's – I mean, he's actually above average this year, um, although the – hubbub is really about his sort of clutch. Um, yeah. Clutch well, I mean, think about that. Like, he misses one in four free throws. For his career, yeah. Um, and terrible. And his, his three-point percentage, likewise, has always been sort of acceptable, but not insane, right? He averages mm-hmm. 34%. Um, he's gotten a little better recently, but, I mean, he's nev- he's topped out 40% for one season, 2012. Um Oh, that's that season where he tried to have like a sixty percent field goal percentage. Yeah, um, but he's 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 never been a strong shooter, and it's always been amazing that he's been as dominant as he could be because he is not the strongest shooter. No, he's not, and that was a knock on him coming out of high school. I remember it's always stuck with him. Now he has gotten better at long range bombs for some reason. Uh, you increasingly see him hitting like the twenty six to thirty footers. Um, and he's taking them at will. I don't know if that's like a sort of Steph Curry envy or, or what, but he, he, he is shooting those pretty well. But I don't know. I, I think LeBron obviously still is probably the best player in the league, maybe the second best behind KD. Um, but I think he's starting to lose a step. I think in two or three years we're going to see a completely different player. Uh, 100%. He he definitely needs backup. Um, he could bring it for playoff series um, five out of seven games. But he's going to have to have to get back seat here, uh, and I mean he's he's got an insane number of miles on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and this is no knock on LeBron. I mean, my God, like he's he's been playing basketball forever. He's got a ton of miles on him, like you say. Um, he still plays at a very high level. It's just you know this is just what I'm seeing when I watch him. Is you know okay, he's starting to starting to turn the corner. And that we all expected it. We all knew it was coming. It's actually coming a lot later than I thought it would. Indeed, um, and I just hope that he doesn't actually get injured and sort of has a sort of terrible tail into his career. Um, yeah, that would be sad. Because likewise, he's he's been an Iron Man. He's been absolutely relentless um, since 2003. Just no major injuries. There was the back situation a couple of years ago, um, 
and he you know took two weeks off or whatever. Uh, but he's he's been incredible. He's been amazing to watch. He has, and can we just talk about like not to get all sentimental here, but like just how lucky we all have been to be able to watch that man play basketball. I think we're lucky to watch him play basketball, but also lucky to have him in the league, right? I mean, he's 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 not had controversy other than sort of moving teams, right? Um, not had controversy, has always been there, has always got up, always put on a, a performance. Makes people enjoy enjoy watching basketball. Yeah. No, it's it's just been – I mean, obviously he's still got many years to play, but it's, it's been an honor watching him play. I, I really like it. Uh, I guess maybe we can hit one more point before we just kind of go free form, and then I talk about Zion Williamson. Um, what did you think of this little skirmish with uh, Kevin Durant and um, Draymond Green? And I'll, I'll give a little bit of a background on it for folks who may be either listening to this later and have forgotten or didn't hear about it. Um, the the Warriors were playing. Uh, who the hell were they playing? Somebody and the Clippers, right? uh, the Clippers. There you go. And they were tied at the end of regulation. And um, Draymond Green got a rebound. And Kevin Durant. You now Steph Curry's not playing in this game. Uh, he's got a pulled hammy or something. Um, K- KD's like, give me the ball. And Durant basically, or, uh, uh, Draymond basically waves him off, and tries to take it in himself. Dribbles it off his foot. Goes out of bounds. And Draymond and KD get into it. Um, there's video evidence on the court of, of Boogie trying to pull Draymond away from the conversation, and Draymond is repeatedly saying he's a bitch, he's a bitch. Um, I, I saw a video of Durant turning around and to himself saying, this is why I'm out of here, this is why I'm out. It continued into the locker room. It apparently was so bad that the Warriors felt the need to suspend Draymond Green for his actions uh, for one game without pay. Draymond today addressed it for the first time with the media and basically squashed it and said, hey, look, I'm, gonna, I'm an emotional player. This is what I do. Um, sometimes this happens, but, you know, me and KD are good. We're fine. We talked it out. Everything's good. There's no story here. Levi, is this the end of the Warriors? Not looking good. Let's put it that way. Um and we knew it would always be a struggle, right? KD has, has has always, even from day one, has always been this sort of odd figure, right? Um, Personality-wise, he doesn't fit in well with them. He's sort of a hired mercenary, and and yeah, that's a good way to put it. He and he he both feels that he is, and then plays into that role, right? Um, he did, he sort of is as a person not super warm to his other players. He's always been sort of a loner and it's just not fitting in well there. Um, I hope, I mean, I like the Warriors. I, I, I want them to continue to, to sort of dominate because it is amazing basketball when they're on, but whew, um, a dust up there from Draymond who, you know, side note, he's, he's getting a little old. Um, yeah, he is. And he's got two years left on his deal. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to get a max, right? Like he, I, I can only imagine he thinks he deserves a max. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um, he does not deserve a max um, to any team other than the Warriors, right? Um, the Warriors don't mind paying, overpaying for things because they've, they're just just gobbling in money right now. But whew, um, this is an awkward situation because Draymond's always been sort of the heart heart and soul of that team. You know, Steph Curry's been sort of the father figure, the sort of backbone, but but the Draymond's the sort of emotional core of him. And as Draymond goes, the Warriors go in in some sense. But if he's if he's not happy, they're not going to be firing on all cylinders. They may win because they just have so much talent, but it's an awkward time there. Yeah, it was it was weird. I don't read as much into it as many people do. I was sort of just joking around about this. this is the end of the Warriors. I think the the more immediate problem the Warriors have is increasingly they have less and less role players around the core four. And to your point, Draymond I think is starting to slip. Um, and he always had the type of game that was going to fall off a cliff pretty quickly, kind of like the Charles Barkley game. Um, but once the physicality is gone, you know he's undersized. Not a good shooter, not particularly skilled. Back to the basket, you know. So 
he was always going to be that type of player where you had to worry that once the athleticism goes, he's in trouble. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I think I still think they're going to win the championship this year. Um, but I, I think that's probably the last year. But I do want to continue to see Clay. No, I, my big thing, yeah, KD's probably going to leave. Draymond's probably going to go chase another contract somewhere where somebody's going to overpay him. But I need Clay and Steph to stay together. Those are the two I need. You put anybody else, any, anybody else uh, around them you want, but I love watching those two play basketball. 100%. And uh, I thought it interesting you went with Charles Barkley because like, the, the immediate comp for me was like the best version of Gerald Wallace. He's obviously better than Gerald Wallace, but Gerald Wallace to me is just the, the prime example of a player that has this sort of raw athleticism. And when he's, he loses a step, it, it's over. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't because he does, and you know this, but but Draymond does so many more things than Joe Wallace ever could do. I think Draymond is, as a basketball player, pretty similar to Barkley. I mean, he didn't have the he doesn't have the ceiling. I mean, he's not going to go off twenty five and twenty two right like Barkley could do, but he does a lot of the same things. Yep, um, and yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think they'll win the title this year. Um, Clay, I mean, having that backcourt together is an amazing thing to watch. Even if they're, you know, fourth, a fourth seed, fifth seed. Um, I'll still have, watch them. Oh, you'll still watch them. And, and even with, with Katie and Draymond gone, uh, if I text you, in the, you know, 10 o'clock and say, Clay's heating up, you're going to tune in. I'm turning that TV on. Absolutely. <laughs> Splash Brothers. Forever. Um, it'll be interesting to see when uh, Boogie gets back. I mean, he's had the Achilles injury. I think he's going to be a shadow of himself this season at least. But he still could probably give him some quality minutes. Yeah, that'll be odd. Hey, on the bench, he seems to really enjoy it, which I get it. I mean, you're on you're a winning team for the first time mm-hmm. uh, really ever. I mean, they were winning. They were okay um, in, in New Orleans. But um, I, you're getting paid and not doing anything. It's great. Yeah, that's another level. Okay, I'm out of the agenda. Is there anything you want to talk about NBA-related that we haven't covered? Uh, we touched on it earlier, but the Bucks are just fun. Yeah. They're extremely fun. The Bucks are a lot of fun. I mean, Giannis is in that sort of like weird, kind of like uh, when he comes to your town, you know, you overpay for the, the ticket to see him just because he's – so different than anything we've seen before. But they got a lot of other pieces, I think, that are good. Middleton, I think, doesn't get enough run. Uh, he should be a borderline all-star in the East. Um, he, he should be an all-star. He's he's playing amazing. Um, and, I mean, they just have a lot of fun players, and Coach Bud is, is just revamped the offense to, to be fun basketball. Yeah, agreed. Um, bit of an upgrade from Jason Kidd, I would say. Small, small. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll talk about the Wizards only to say I don't think it's going to work. What? Any of it? Yeah, any of it. <laughs> I think they're they need to blow that up. Uh, they're they're in an awkward situation. <laughs> they're terrible. Um, um, they've got John Wall's massive contract and just a abysmal style of play. Nothing. It's not fun watching them. Uh, there's no joy there. I would move Wall. Um, I'd move Wall, and then I would try to to kind of have a point guard by committee um, with Ubre, Porter, and Beal, and then see how that goes. Because I think I think Wall, uh, he's not in a good place mentally. I mean, you watch him play, and he's barking at people, and he's I don't know. I wouldn't want to play with the guy. Very Chris Paulish. Chris Paul. Without the winning plays, or the jump shot, indeed. Uh, other takes: uh, Oklahoma City. Oof. They sort of picked it up. They, yeah. They're looking a whole lot better. They were a bit yeah. the beginning part of the season, um, and have really, really come on here. Yeah, I'm scared of them. Uh, Stephen Adams is balling. Uh, Paul George and Westbrook seem to have a really good rapport. Westbrook is not doing the crazy. I need to get a triple double every game. Uh, I don't know who talked to him. Maybe that was like part of the blood pact that him and Paul George had at the Nas concert. 
before Paul George resigned, is like, hey, I'll resign, uh, but you need to stop trying to get triple doubles every single game. Other news and notes, uh, at least at the team level, Minnesota, or not Minnesota, uh, Memphis, looking surprisingly good. Let's put it that yeah. way. Great and grind. Great and grind. They, they have all the trappings of good regular season team that gets blown out in the first round to me. Indeed. Any other notes? I like this Spurs team. They're fun. Yeah, they are fun. I think they're gonna they're gonna be pretty good. Uh, and they're a threat to maybe make it to the second round, um, which is maybe better than you you would have expected going into the season. But yeah, no, I like them. But other than that, no, I think we've covered it, Levi. Um, we hit the Butler trade. We did check ins with the uh, the teams that are making noise. I, if it's okay with you, would like to switch away from NBA coverage to just a few minutes here of coverage of the NCAA. I'm going to let you lead this because uh, you know, but the audience may not know, I don't particularly care about the NCAA to a great great extent. I watch highlights, uh, but go for it. Zion Williams. Sure. Well, first off, you're going to a basketball game, a UNC home game with me tomorrow. So the next time we do this pod, you can talk uh, knowledgeably about the UNC team at least. Um because you'll, you'll get to see them up close and personal. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. But, no, I wanted to talk about what everybody wants to talk about, this Duke team, specifically Zion Williamson, who, best I can tell, was dropped out of the sky from another planet. Um, he's 295 pounds. They say he's 18 years old. He looks like he's probably about 31. Um, he can hang on the rim from his armpit. Um, I've seen it, I think. Um and he can shoot, he can distribute, and he most importantly has handles because he's a big boy and strong, and he can jump out of the gym. He's got good touch, but he can he can leverage those skills from the top of the key from out near the three point line because you give him the ball and he can work his way in even if guards are uh, guarding him. Right, like this guy's like six eight. You put a six three point guard on him, he's crossing these guys up. He's getting a step on him. He's putting them on his hip. He's amazing, Levi, and i got to tell you, watch now um, every UNC game, because I'm a big UNC basketball fan, uh, as you know, as my friends know, and I think UNC is a really good team, an underrated team. Nobody's talking about them, but but we've got a lot of talent. We're deep, uh, and we've got Nasir Little, who is a uh, the number two recruit in the nation, coming in. He's a freshman. He can jump out of the gym, small forward, good touch, uh, great playmaker. But I don't think we stand a chance against Duke this year, dude. I think Don Williamson is putting up these numbers where it's like, like you just want to like, uh, I don't know, like maybe like Levi, would you do this for me? If I gave you like a, a a duffel bag full of cash, would you go plant it in his like dorm room? Because <laughs> we have a better chance of that working than Luke May guarding him. Uh, as a side note. Uh, the little bit I do know about uh, NCAA basketball is that R.J. Barrett was the number one recruit, right? Like, yeah, he was getting out of play. So um, their backup to that is the number one recruit in the nation. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's it's just clear that that ranking was crazy because I mean R.J. Barrett is good, uh, but this is Zion's team, um, and when you watch their games, they're they're deferring to him. When they need a bucket, they're giving it to him, and they're getting him out of the way, and it's working. Barrett's going to be great. He's probably going to be a top five pick. Um, but Zion, and you know, and Nasty Little uh, for UNC is very good, but it's, it's obvious that, that Zion's on another level right now. So I felt like I would be remiss to do a uh, NBA or basketball podcast, uh, being two UNC alums, uh, and not bring up the fact that um, Darth Vader has arrived for Duke, and it's going to be a long, long season. Long season and and oh how Duke has changed. Now they're doing straight straight one and duns. After they got Kyrie Irving, they're deep in the dark side of college basketball. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, yeah, Coach K, um, proven hypocrite at this point. Uh, I think we can all agree to that. 
Um, Roy is interesting about the one and dones because he never has taken the holier than thou thing that 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 Coach K did for a while. He he always does this, and it's kind of like classic Roy. He does this all shucks like, well, it's not like I don't recruit those guys; they just don't come here, right? Like so, <laughs> he's not picking up a lot of one and done guys. He's had a couple, right? He did Harrison Barnes, although he ended up staying two years. Um, now he's got next year a little. Next year will probably leave after a year. Um, but he doesn't take the moral high ground. He says, oh, yeah, I chase them. Those guys just don't come here. Indeed. Um, I think we all were on board. I mean, we're both UNC alums, so, of course, we're on board with Coach KB and Hypocrite, but it's it's amazing how, how the tides have turned. You know, you move from, from teams with the J.J. Reddicks of the world, um, some sort of slap the four white point guard of the world to uh, – just stud basketball players, one and done, yeah. through and through, basically new version of Kentucky. Zion, dude, uh, he anyway, he's going to be very, very good. I can't wait to continue watching him through this season. I don't want to watch him play my team, but I do want to watch him play everybody else. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Levi, you have anything else for this episode of Mangum Talks Hoops? I think we've exhausted it. We've covered everything there is to cover. I agree. Thank you for joining me for this, man. It's a lot of fun. We'll do another episode here in probably week two. Um, until then, you can check us out at www.mangumtalk.com if you have feedback for us. In the upper right-hand corner, click Contact Us. It'll get you to a form. You can fill some things out. It'll come to me. I'll share it with Spencer. He doesn't get any of these things. He, he's, he's not a part of this. It's really me running this operation. We have multiple other podcasts, as I mentioned at the onset of uh, this episode. We've got Mangum Reads with BJ and Spencer. It's basically a glorified book club, but a little bit more uh, interesting. We've got the GOT Got Questions podcast. That's a podcast that's a review of Game of Thrones episodes. Right now we're doing a review of episode uh, season one, and we are about to release uh, our coverage of season one, episode three titled Lord Snow. Then we have Whiskey and the Weekends. Fun podcast. All the guys sitting around, drinking whiskey, having fun, uh, talking and shooting the shit. It's a blast. Check us out. Thank you for listening. Until next time. See you.